Morena everyone and welcome to today's online service. Well, I hope you're safe and sound within your bubbles. It's uh, been an unusual uh, week. We hope you're doing okay and don't forget if you do want to have a chat to someone or need a hand, uh, you can email us at, at church or at elders or get in contact with your connect group leaders as well. Yeah, kia ora whanau. We are still under level four restrictions, but um, we've been here before. We know exactly what to do and how to support each other during this time. We do. So uh, without further ado, Zoe, what's coming up in the service today? Well, we have songs selected by worship leader this week, Katie, followed by children talk by Kat Rattray. And then we have Caleb Rattray preaching this morning. So that's going to be awesome. Excellent. And needless to say, the kids are staying in during the service today. Yeah. So what we had planned today uh, for the service was to spend some time in small groups praying for our, the calling of our new senior pastor. But obviously, uh, we're already in our small groups called Bubbles. So what we'd like you to do shortly, we're going to hit pause in the video and we'd like you to spend some time together praying for a couple of things. One is that uh, the person who God has called for us uh, sees the ad and responds. And the second is that we as a search team and as a church, we recognise and hear God's voice when he says, this is the person that I have selected for you. So shortly we're going to pause, but um, what do we need to do, Zoe? Yes, so first I recommend putting your slippers on, mm -hmm. grabbing cup of tea or coffee and maybe some fortifying porridge and let's enjoy hearing God's word today. Excellent. So hit pause now down here on the screen somewhere. Uh, spend some time in prayer then hit play down here on the screen and enjoy the rest of the service. Welcome. Today we're going to tell a wee kid's story, but it's a story for everyone who wants to listen as well. We've got Nadia's Bible here, but let me first ask you a question. The question is, what is your favourite story? Do you have a favourite Bible story, or a favourite verse, or a favourite chapter, or book? Just something in the Bible that catches your attention. What aspect of the Bible is your go-to that you really enjoy? Do you have one? Adults and kids alike. So think about that. And now think about why. Why is it your favourite? Why is it your go-to? Why do you love it so much or just keep going back to it? Is there a reason for it? Now let me ask Nadia, what's your favourite story in the Bible? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Or what else? All of those. If I was to read you a story right now, what one would you want? I want baby Jesus. You want baby Jesus? Yeah. It's I, my favourite one. It's her favourite. It is her favourite. It's the one that we always, she always requests. So, time for a story. And what one does she say? Baby Jesus. So let me read to you baby Jesus from her Bible. Here we have her Bible. Hopefully you can see that all okay. Let me read. In a little town called Nazareth lived a young woman called Mary. One day an angel visited her. You're going to have a very special baby. 
God's son, he said. You must call him Jesus. Jesus is in their soul. Yeah, Jesus is in her tummy. Mary was very happy. She sang a song to Why thank God. Because women wear dresses often. Mary was married to a carpenter called Joseph. She was expecting her baby soon. Why's Jesus got a dress on too? He's not born yet. Joseph and Mary had to make a long journey to Bethlehem. Mary was very tired. There was nowhere to sleep in Bethlehem. It's just a really long top. A kind innkeeper said, stay in my stable. So they did. That night, baby Jesus was born in the stable. Mary made a warm bed for him in a manger. Shepherds were taking care of their sheep in fields near Bethlehem. Suddenly, an angel came to them. A baby who will save the world has been born in Bethlehem, he told them. The shepherds were very excited. They rushed off to Bethlehem to find the baby. They found baby Jesus in the stable. The shepherds told Joseph and Mary what the angel had said. Far away, some wise men saw a special star. They followed it to the newborn baby. Where's the newborn baby? After many days and nights, the star led them to the little town of... Little town of... Bethlehem. And the wise men gave wonderful presents to baby Jesus. What were the presents? Frankincense and, and, and myrrh. How cool is that? It's Here's a pretty good story. And, uh, That's the next part of the story when baby Jesus grows up. Cool. Isn't that a good story? So that is Nadia's favourite, one of her favourite go-to stories. So when I asked her what the story sh should be that we would read to the kids, she told me we should read about Mary and Joseph. This was completely unprompted, she, she, but I knew that that's what she would say, so that's why I thought I would share this with you. And before I could actually ask her why she wanted this story specifically, she said, because some of the children may not have heard. Wow, I thought to myself, wow. Nadia is well aware that some people may have not heard about Jesus. And I thought, how many others have not heard about Jesus? That we need to tell Jesus about. Wouldn't it be good if we all had the same attitude as Nadia? Some people have not heard, so we need to tell them about Jesus. If only we could all learn a little bit from Nadia and keep reading and desiring to learn more and more about Jesus and share it with those who have not heard. So as you continue to ponder what your favorite story is, what your favorite verse is, or what aspect of the Bible is your favourite? I want you to think about it and desire to learn more about Jesus. Good morning, church. Psalm 115 declares, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. To God be all glory. For he is worthy of our praise and worship, of our strength and energy, of our gifts and talents, of our everything. For he has shown us the most magnificent, indescribable, beautiful love. Let's pray. 
Lord, I just pray that you'd bless each person where they are today, that you would speak through these words and bring encouragement in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. So we live in this world where there are so many people that don't recognize the glory of God, even though it is all around us. It's not clear to them the things that God has done or who he is. They have not heard or seen or understood how much God loves them and desires to have a relationship with them. And today I want to explore how do we see the glory of God and how do we bring more and more glory to him? So we sing songs about glory and it appears over 300 times in the Bible. But what does it mean? Well, the dictionary says high renown or honor won by notable achievement or magnificence or great beauty. And recently, you might have heard people talking about Olympic glory or, or maybe you know someone who's restoring a vehicle to its former glory. The Hebrew word kavod means honor and it comes from a root word that means heavy or weighty. Well, in a, in a 20 minute talk, I probably can't even come close to fully describing how awesome God's glory is. So all I can do is hope to encourage you to take a closer look yourself. One theologian describes God's glory as the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. So pretty much God's awesomeness. And as a dad, I want to know how wonderful and awesome God is. To know what he has done for them and that they can know him personally. And I love chatting with Nadia, our three-year-old daughter, about God because she asks some really good questions that many people might ponder. The other day she says, I can't see God. So where is he? How do I see God? I start by saying that God is invisible, but we can see him in Jesus. Well, of course, she answers, but where is Jesus? I can't see him. And I say in a way that a three-year-old might grasp, well, he lives in our heart when we invite him in. She then asks if it will hurt Jesus as she pushes her uh, heart with her fingers. So trying a different angle as we were gazing out the window, I ask, can you see the wind? No, she says. Then how do you know it's there? I can feel it. And what does it do to the trees? It makes them move. Well, just like we can't see the wind, but can see the trees move, we can see God. We can't see God, but we can see the things that he does. We can see the way that God changes a person's heart their entire life. We can see the way he helps us. We can read about how God has rescued his people and revealed his glory over and over throughout the Bible. These days, we've started leaving the Bible out on the table so that in amongst the scattering of food over the floor and the encouraging to keep on eating, we can open scripture a little more often and encounter lots more fun questions. And I thank God that we don't have to dream up the answers of what he's like. We can find it in the Bible. And I thank God that when we step outside, we can see his glory expressed in creation. Psalm 19.1 says the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Walking one beautiful sunset evening around the red zone near where we live, Nadia puts it in simple terms. God has orange paint and blue paint and a paintbrush to paint the sky. And in creation, we see God's wisdom 
design, beauty, creativity, it's power, and I even think a sense of humour. We love to get out in it, to see the stars, the snow, the sea, to stand on top of a mountain or, or beneath a waterfall, to take a delicious bite into a juicy slice of fresh pineapple or a freshly picked strawberry from the garden, or as Simon Dodge would say, even a prune. Creation points to our Creator, and by faith we acknowledge the handiwork of the Creator. We say, Kapai, God, you're awesome. Romans 1.20 tells us, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. And there are stack loads of human made ideas of what God could be like. There's clearly a market for it. But with all these ideas on offer, how do we really come to know and worship the true, glorious, ever-living God? Hebrews 1 tells us, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to his Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So if you're wondering what God is like, look at the Son, who expresses the very character of of God, who radiates God's glory. John 1 describes him as the Word, the Creator, the Giver of life, the Giver of light, shining in the darkness, never to be extinguished. He is full of grace and truth, and to all who have believed in him and accepted him, he is given right to become children of God. How awesome is that? And in Jesus we see compassion to heal, to forgive, to touch the leper, to weep with Mary when Lazarus had died, and then the power to raise Lazarus back to life, the power to be resurrected from the grave. We see truth as he calls out hypocrisy in, in the Pharisees and how he shows us what the kingdom of God is like. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, we read, For God who said, let there be light, has made us understand that this light is the brightness of the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. In the face of Jesus, we see the glory of God displayed. And last week, as Anna uh, finished her talk by sharing the gospel, we saw an image projected of Jesus on the cross in our place. And through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, we see the most magnificent expression of the glory of God. There's an old hymn that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim 
in the light of his glory and grace. In our busy lives, do we take time to contemplate who he is, to look in his face and talk with him and listen to him, speaking to us through the Holy Spirit? Do we share our dreams, our pain, our heart, just as you would with a good friend or out on date night? At Family Connect Group recently, we watched a talk on Psalm 23 where, where it says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And our good shepherd is far more hospitable than we realize. In the midst of the battle, he invites us to sit down to suffer and to be comforted by him. And I wonder, do we sit down or do we just grab a takeaway cup on the run? Hi, Jesus. Oh, food looks great. It's so good to see you. I'll just grab a grape, uh, but i got to go. Or is it kind of like having a, a teenager living under the roof and at some random time we, they might come home, nod to us, hello, shower, then take off out the door with a snack from the pantry to keep them going. As lockdown continues and our routines have changed, can you find time in this to spend with Jesus? Now I'm not normally one to turn down a feast. So when Jesus invites us to the table to be his guest, to know his goodness and his unfailing love, why would I want to be anywhere else? When we turn our eyes upon Jesus, we take our eyes off our mistakes and failures and shame, knowing that he died for us while we were still sinners. And even though we all fall short of his glory, he's paid the price for our sin with his life so that we can be forgiven, accepted and be children of God. And our struggles and suffering in this life are real. But as we turn our eyes to Jesus, we realize that we are not alone. We are comforted by the one who is bigger than our problems, by the one who has won the victory when he rose again from the grave. And as we believe in Jesus, we see God's glory. We also reflect the glory of the Lord. We shine his light. 2 Corinthians there's a letter written to the, the church in Corinth and Christians all over Greece. And in chapter 3, we see a, a comparison to when Moses' face shone with the glory of God when he came down from Mount Sinai to share God's instructions. That would have been pretty amazing to see, to be there. Yet in verse 8, it says, Shouldn't we expect far greater glory when the Holy Spirit is giving us life? If the old covenant, covenant which brings condemnation, was glorious. How much more glorious is the new covenant that makes us right with God? It says that when we believe in Jesus, a veil that's covering our minds, blocking us from understanding the truth, is lifted. In verse 18, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. We can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is... The Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So as we believe in Jesus and our eyes are on Him, we shine His light and others see that light and they want to take a look to see where is that coming from. And it's through the work of the Holy Spirit within us that we become more and more like Jesus. And I'm so glad that it says here more and more like Him because I know that I'm not always the best reflection I certainly don't always pass the fruit of the Spirit test. 
John 17, 4, Jesus prays to Father God, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. As I follow Jesus, my desire is to bring glory to God, to accomplish the work that God gives me to do. Interestingly, at work the other day, I got a surprising request. I just happened to be walking down the hallway when someone rushed up to me and says, Oh, good, Caleb, can you pray before we eat morning tea? The first words I utter are yes, and, and next thing I know, I'm standing in the cafeteria full of my work colleagues. And this is not something we generally do at work, but it was so cool just to get this opportunity to pray a simple prayer of thanks to God and pray a blessing on my workmates. My prayer is that I'd get more opportunities to bring God glory, that my workmates might ask me about my faith. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus tells us, You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Recently, I saw an interview with an Australian high jumper, Nicola McDermott, who at 24 years old got the silver medal for her country, jumping higher than any Australian woman has ever done. And she was interviewed on 7 News right after her jump. And with a smile still beaming across her face, she takes this opportunity to share her faith boldly. She says, My hope is that stadiums will be filled again after in our post-COVID world. But maybe not just for athletic performances, but that we would, would see revivals again in the stadiums and that people would hear a message of faith and a gospel that will really inspire, like they did with Billy Graham decades ago. And the reporter picks up on this, and he asks uh, about her faith. And what an opportunity. She says, I think as a teenager, I was always an outcast, and I got welcomed into a faith community that loved me. And I just remember encountering God's love, and it changed the way I thought of myself as a misfit, why was I created so tall and stuff? And it gave me passion and purpose to use it. I decided to pursue God over sport. And whatever comes from sport is a bonus. But I am already complete and perfect and loved as a person regardless of it. Wow. You know, how many of us would boldly share our faith like that on the world stage if we won an Olympic medal? And I love how she just gives God the glory for her talent, for her success how she's not ashamed to share what Jesus has done in her life. And I have to admit, I would happily support any Australian sportsperson who is bringing God glory like this. One of the greatest things that brings God glory is a changed life. It causes people to wonder, if he could do it for them, maybe he could do it for me. Over the last couple of weeks, Anna has shared brilliantly how we can use the gifts that God has given us. 1 Peter 4 tells us to manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Are you called to be a speaker? Then speak as though God himself is speaking through you. Are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then God will be given glory in everything through Jesus Christ. I so love the picture here of God's generosity flowing through us, of his power, his grace, his love that can flow through us out into other people's lives. When we serve others, it is with his strength and for his glory. 
You might be vacuuming your home, picking up toys, cleaning the toilets at Easter camp, caring for someone who is unwell. Know that God is being glorified. There's one final illustration that I want to share with you today about using God's gifts to bring him glory. And it's in John 12, 1. We read, Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared, and Jesus' honour, Martha, served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from it the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. We see here both Mary and Martha honour Jesus, giving from what they had to glorify the Lord. Martha through her gift of serving and hospitality, and Mary through this extravagant act of worship. She didn't just sparingly use a few drops. The whole perfume was poured out, thought to be worth a year's wages. When Mary anointed Jesus, it says that the house was filled with the fragrance. There was a fragrance that everyone in that house would have noticed. You might have been in a side conversation talking to someone when suddenly you start to breathe in to notice a different kind of smell. And you turn and you look and you see this beautiful act of worship. Wow. She really must have thought something of him. He must be really worth it. We see that there are two different reactions to this act. Those like Jesus, who welcomed this beautiful act of worship. Jesus recognized that it was in preparation for his burial, soon to happen, that it was honoring to God. And then there was Judas, who was enraged, motivated by a self-serving attitude. He says it should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Then it says, not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief who was in charge of the disciples' funds and he often took some for his own use. Clearly, he was using his gifts for personal gain and his own benefit. There's this analogy in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14, that I think fits well here. Paul writes, Now God uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere, like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But the fragrance is perceived differently, differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. It's the same smell, but two different reactions. And as we give God glory in our lives, we might find different reactions. There might be those that mock us or get agitated, and then there'll be those who take note, who want to find out more. We can be a beautiful Christ-like fragrance that rises up to God, a life-giving aroma to those that recognize that it is all for Jesus, who is worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise forever and ever. If the band would like to come up now, my prayer is that this message encourages you to gaze upon the glory of the Lord and creation 
and his story throughout the Bible, and most of all, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And my prayer is that our lives, through the Holy Spirit's work within us, would shine more brightly, bringing God more and more glory, so that when people look at us, they see the image of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, As God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, parties in heaven, and God will receive more and more glory. As we finish, I want to invite you to just spend some time focusing on him. Right now, if you will, imagine that you're arriving at dinner held in honour of Jesus. And there are crowds of people there. The room is full, rich and poor of all different nationalities. But there's only one person that you are eager to see. And he is waiting for you. And as you approach him, you're thinking of all the things you could say to thank him of all the different ways that you could express gratitude, of all the things that he has done for you. You kneel down before him. You see the nails that pierced his feet, his hands. You no longer notice those around you. You lift your eyes up, and his face is all you see, filled with love and mercy. And you know that you can fully trust him with whatever comes next. Thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having your company. And thanks for all the people that helped put this online service together at quite short notice. Make sure you keep an eye out for emails um, on our social media like Facebook and Instagram for all the latest info on whether we are meeting up next week. So have a great week. Look out for each other. Look after each other in your bubbles. Keep in contact with each other. And we'll see you again soon. Yeah, but with, before we finish, I'd just like to speak a blessing over all of you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Bye. Bye.